Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Pastime Thinker. I'm your host, Frederick Piquette, and today my guest is Danielle. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thank you so much for having me, Fred. Good, good. Um, uh, so yeah, you and I have known each other for like oh, God. 17, 18 years now. Something ridiculous like that. I would assume like so. Um, I would think we met in SK? Yeah, so right? we would have been like five. Or JK. No, junior kindergarten. We would have yeah. been four. Four. And well, we're yeah. we're both turning twenty three now, almost twenty that's years, correct. almost twenty years. Yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah, like we've known each other much longer than we haven't known each other. Yeah, honestly. And you know what, Fred? What? I think today is Thursday. <laughs> it is Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> that's a inside joke. When uh, me and my fiance Jillian started dating, Danielle and I made this deal that I could be her boyfriend on Thursdays. And Tuesdays. And Tuesdays, And the yes. occasional Sunday, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That way, yeah. Uh, no one felt left out. Exactly. I wasn't <laughs> constantly a third wheel. Sometimes Jillian <laughs> got to be the third wheel. Yeah, and it was, it was nice. Nothing was different. It was just but we knew. We, like... Yeah. Nothing exactly. changed. No, nothing at all. But we knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Good. Yeah, like, we've known each other for a very long time. It, it's hard to start at what to talk about because... There's a lot of things you and I have already spoken about, so it's not, it's very difficult for us to, like, learn new things off of each other. Yeah. I mean, is it okay to reminisce, reminisce a little bit? Oh, I mean, sure, if the stories are interesting. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, fun fact. I ran into um, our director from Sears Plays recently, um, oh, Miss really? Haas. Yeah, we met up for a coffee recently. That's cool. And, uh, yeah. She's actually starting um, a collective of women art group with her friend Kelly. Okay, that's cool. And um, I got invited to it, actually. Um, they're gathering a collective of uh, feminine figures Okay. Uh, to um, create an art project that's related to uh, climate change, but not only climate change, but women's rights and uh, feminist rights, all that kind of stuff. And I mean... we're going to do this big art exhibit. Both, like, both those are, like, very noble causes. I just don't see how they, how you can write those two things together. Like, on their own, they're both, like, very necessary, need-to-be-addressed things, but, like, it should be interesting how you can co- Are they supposed to be correlated, or is it just a thing that so happens to be about both of them? Um, I think we're going to try and correlate them as best as we possibly can. Um, like, for example, um, this is going to get a little deep for a second. Oh, go for it. Um, but, um... Miss Haas gave me an example, for example. Oh my gosh, I'm saying example. An example for That's example. That's okay. For example. <laughs> yeah. um, because I write poetry, um, an example she gave me was uh, if I were to write about a tree, for example, and someone peeling the bark off of the tree. Okay. You know, because that damages the tree, right? That has to do with climate change and yeah. everything. We all used and to then, do that to trees. I'm so exactly. guilty of just peeling oh, bark same. off trees. Same. But then I could relate it to uh, perhaps a man taking off a woman's clothes. You know what I mean? Okay. Undressed in that same way. Oh, so like comparing the world to a figurative woman and then people as the figurative man. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Just I could... to kind of bring awareness of both, but also in a artsy way. Okay. I could see. Yeah. And is it like a like a slam poetry thing or is it like a play? Is it a exhibition? 
Um, see, we're only um, in the starting process of it. We've only met up once um, currently. We've had uh, six ladies at the meeting so far. Nice. Yeah, and um, basically what we did is we uh, talked about empowering feminine figures in our lives and why they inspired us, and we also talked about um, climate change a bit and a big word called uh, bioregions. Bioregions. Heard of that? Yeah. Um, basically, what a bioregion is um, is a specific part on a map. So, like where we're from like northern ontario let's yeah. say is a specific bio region and we have our own biodome the climate is certain here we have certain um yeah negative 49 months out of the year you know, that kind of stuff. exactly <laughs> yeah. um and if you were you know to compare us to australia obviously our bio region is completely different you know yeah, what i mean absolutely so um and what we've realized is there's a lot of coverage in a lot of other places, like Australia, for example, and other places where big catastrophes happen and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but no one really... not any coverage for Northern Ontario. Yeah, no one really pays attention to the silent tragedies. Exactly. And especially with all of the um, indigenous problems we're having up here, with um, women, all of that stuff, we're hoping to try and get um, some, some coverage for. Yeah. I mean that that's definitely a topic that needs to be addressed. Like I've I've been around a good chunk of North Ontario. Like like mm-hmm. you like you and I are from Timmins and yeah. especially in terms of like the like indigenous problems and stuff like that. Like it's between like sorry, like between like Timmins and like Barrie, it's a huge issue and no one seems oh, to talk about sure. it. And like that's a huge chunk of Ontario. And it's probably even beyond Timmins. It's just I've never been beyond Timmins, so I don't really know from my personal experience. But exactly. like Exactly. And it, no matter itself is getting scary. I've heard that. I've I've been I've been reading. I've Yeah, um there was a post on Facebook actually recently um about Microtel, and I used to work at Microtel, so this really kind of hit home for me. Okay. And um, apparently there was this woman, and I don't know if it was her daughter or her granddaughter, but it was a young child. Yeah. And um, this man approached them saying, like, hey, my car broke down, I just need, like, a boost, but it's just, like, around the other corner of the hotel. Uh, just come follow me, please. Exactly. Yeah. So she was cautious, but she ended up going there. And as soon as she um, turned the corner to the other side of the hotel, a white van pulled up, two other men Jesus got out, Christ. and the situation got very uh, suspicious very quickly. So she fled the scene and called uh, the authorities, but as soon as they showed up, of course, they had fled the scene. Oh, yeah, of course. They're in a, yeah, they can take right yeah. off. And, like, yeah. the response time of the Timmins police is pretty poor to begin with. I agree, which is shameful to admit but it's it's true yeah but again it's just one of those things like there's so much going on in like in our hometown where like i i would assume that it's slowly becoming like white noise to the to the police force and i think that has something to do with it as well i think if i think if there was like a change of pace or like something started happening to like this this might be the wrong choice of words but like to make it more interesting for the police or make it more of an interest for the police they would start doing more but i think as of right now it's becoming white noise to them 
I definitely can agree with that. And not only is there human trafficking, but the drug problems have been getting worse. Um, recently in town, they just, um, I don't even know what to call them. They just posted near the 101 mall, actually, um, disposal bins, I guess. For, yeah. Um, needles and everything. Yeah, those are super common in, in like, Toronto. Like, that that's probably something that is useful. Like, th- that's a very common thing outside of Timmins. It's probably something Timmins needed a while ago. I agree. It's just honestly like a little shameful to see that we're getting to that point. You yeah. Know I mean? But again, it, I, I feel like it's a necessary, like over the summer, like I worked in landscaping, right? And if, yeah. if I wasn't doing like a residential client and I, and I was doing a commercial client, like we would find, mm. we would find needles all over the place, lining parking yeah. lots, like, or in some foliage, like, and I would rather them be in a collection bin than just anywhere someone could fall oh, on them sure. or step on them. And the only yeah. reason why I would find them is because, like, very early on into the job, we learned to look for them when doing a commercial property. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, no, now that you put that perspective into my mind, that definitely makes sense that they're yeah. in a safer area. It is. You know, but uh, it's just definitely alarming still. Oh, it definitely is to feel like it's necessary. Yeah. But if it but if it is it. necessary, then they should have it. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, this took a dark turn real quick. <laughs> I mean, like I could sit around uh, yeah. Oh, no, it's true. I could sit around and talk shit about my hometown forever. Like I'm I'm very prideful of where I'm from, but I'm very prideful from the state of the place I was from when I left it. Yes. But as of right now, it's it's getting really shady really fast. Like, e- like there were problems like when I was living in Timmins, but like, mm. l- but I was still like prideful and like proud to be from there. But like, yeah, I, I I feel like they were much more scandalous back then, and it's becoming almost a norm now. Yeah, which isn't cool. Like, yeah, like when we were in high school, when things like that would go down, it'd be like a oh, like that's interesting, like holy crap wasn't expecting that and like now it's just like oh again okay like Mm -hmm. oh again oh yeah well saw this already and that's kind of what i mean too about like it's probably just becoming white noise to both the people in the law enforcement and that's probably has a lot to do with why it's getting worse no for sure i definitely agree to that and i'm sure like that comparison can probably also be used for you know climate change and strong female leaders like if it becomes white noise people aren't going to care like exactly and like you just said um for example all of the indigenous women that are getting abducted and we don't hear anything from them yeah uh, there are countless amounts of uh, women who have been abducted and uh you know we barely hear about it oh yeah i remember when i was in college in toronto um, uh, some students actually did a, a protest um, uh, to talk about that. And only me and one other person who's also from North Ontario, like, even knew what they were talking about. And we had to explain it to our, like, our 15-plus other friends who had no idea that it was even a problem worth protesting. Yeah, it's just so... I don't even know. It's just kept hush, which is yeah. a shame. Because it's almost like... Um residential schools you know what i mean yeah Um, 
because residential schools I feel like were um, kept very private very on the hush you know and if you were um, an indigenous person you were talked down to and brought down about that and yeah. uh, it's just very cliche is that the right word yeah absolutely yeah I mean, like, I've never had a problem with indigenous people. I just want to make that clear. Like, like... No, neither have I. Neither have I. It's just... Just... I don't know. It just makes me feel sad. Yeah, well, it's definitely saddening. Like, anyone with any amount of empathy can, yeah, like, see sure. that, like, that is a bad situation to be in. And, like, a person like myself... I, I don't typically call myself an indigenous person, but I do have indigenous background. You know yeah. what I mean? I am technically legible for the status card, but I don't I don't have one. I don't partake in all of that tax stuff. But yeah. um you know, so it definitely hits home. Yeah. Well to know that like your history is involved with it. Even though you might not be affected directly by it, but like the history is definitely affects you. Exactly. And if I can make a, an example related to music here, um, there's a song called I'm Not Racist by Joyner Lucas. Joyner Lucas. I love Joyner yeah. Lucas. Yeah. And there's a line in that song, um, and it's something related to, um, he says his grandma was a slave and that shit gets to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't affected, um, he wasn't affected by it personally personally but it still affects him you know what I yeah. mean and uh, I can definitely relate to that line in this situation yeah I mean of course like of course it's going to like even though like nothing directly or physically has been done to you like it still affects you knowing that it's happened to it your people like, exactly. like just knowing like oh if I was born X amount years earlier it would have happened to me exactly and to know, you know, like, um, my great-grandma was probably in a reg residential school. I never met her. I never got the opportunity to meet her, unfortunately. But, you know, she was um, a completely Indigenous woman. And I can't even imagine what she went through. And my grandfather, who was her um, son, lived a hard life. And I, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. Well, even, like, I know that a lot of people dislike this argument, but it's... It even though nothing's happened to this generation of indigenous people, like there's still a lot that's there's still ha things happening. Yeah. There's still a lot that affects them. Like, even though like, exactly. like it kind of, it's kind of like a domino effect. Like, yeah. Like my great grandmother was put in a residential school and Ooh. it, it, it messed her up in this way, which led her to raise my grandmother in this way, which messed her up, which led her to raise my mother this way which messed her up, which led her to raise me this way. And like it, it still affects... It still affects everyone. Yeah. Sure. And I know a lot of people think that that excuse is a cop-out. Because oh, the whole, I like... believe that. Because the whole own your own destiny, break the cycle, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do believe in breaking the cycle. And, yeah. And protesting and believing in what you stand for. But it doesn't mean that the past trauma doesn't exist. Well, yeah, like, just because you're in a position to break the cycle, it still needs to acknowledge that you are in the cycle. Exactly. And 
again, I think that's only someone from the outside looking in can really muster up to th- think is a viable reason. Like, oh, you're you're messed up. Well, just stop. Like, yeah. it's it isn't that easy. No, for sure, and I feel like that can also tie into mental illness. For oh, sure. absolutely can. It absolutely yeah, can. It's something that not everyone can see. You yeah. know what I mean? And because people can't see it, they can't necessarily choose to believe that it's there. Yeah. Well, it took, like, even nowadays, it's so hard for people... Well, it, I think the pendulum swung. Because a couple years ago, it was... You're not depressed, you're just sad for right now. Just, like, watch your favorite movie, you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. Or, like, no, you don't feel that way. Or, like, oh, it's going to be okay, this is a temporary thing. To everybody has it. Like, like the, the rate of misdiagnosis is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah for sure. And even um, self-diagnosis can be bad. Self-diagnosis is, a hor- is horrible. Like, I, I strongly disagree with self-diagnosis. Same. And that's... <laughs> Don't believe everything you read on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, like, I used to self-diagnose, especially with my sleeping problems. Mm-hmm. Until I actually went to see a doctor. Like, because it came to a point where, like, I thought I needed prescription medication for yeah. for sleeping. And, you know, like, he did give me a prescription. Um, uh, I still take them from time to time. But, like, it just... It was more just about my schedule. And, like, it, it had... I had other mental illness issues that was making me not sleep well, but, like, the not sleeping well itself wasn't the issue. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, that is something that's dangerous about self-diagnosis, because you can self-diagnose the the issue, but you don't know what's causing that issue. Exactly. And what you choose to believe and act upon within what you find in that search you know, might not always lead you to the right place. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Well, some dead air. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It got a little heavy there. Just oh, yeah. Needed to take a breath. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of things going down in North Ontario that a lot of people either choose to ignore or just flat out don't know about. Mm-hmm. For sure. But um, I, I like to... Th- think that we're slowly making progress. I don't know. I mean, I'm not too sure either. I mean, we definitely are slowly bringing awareness. And, you know, more people are trying. Which is always a good... I feel we're making a lot of small-scale progress. Like, I I feel like a lot of, like, this generation is is educating themselves. A lot of, like... Even our generation, or, like, the generation below us, is... Mm -hmm. Are the ones making the, the strides in self-realization and observation and stuff like that. So I I hope that once our generation and the one below us are in a position of power, then a lot of good will start happening. Exactly. Um, And even, uh, what's her name? Uh, Greta Thunberg? Yeah. Is that her name? Greta Thunberg. Um, How old is she? She's younger than us. And look at all of the um, incredible impact she's already made on climate change. Yeah. And the protests she's done and all the activism she's brought awareness to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, like, I I have mixed emotions about Greta Thunberg. Because, like, one, like, 
she is way too young to be a figurehead. Like, it is ridiculous that someone that young had to fill in that position. Like, like even though, like, the work she's done is amazing, like, that mm-hmm. that should be an adult standing there, an adult saying those things. Like, it's kind of ridiculous that a child had to come to that point. You know, that I can agree with. I feel like it definitely is something that adults in power should be, you know, taking more of a stance on. Yeah. But since they haven't been taking that stance and taking action, I feel like a child is someone who, you know, was able to make that impact and make a difference. Yeah. Because it opened the eyes of many people and they were wondering, just like you just did, why is there a child up there? You know what I mean? Yeah. But but this child is genuinely concerned about their future. Yeah. And also, like, again, I have mixed... I I do have a lot of mixed emotions when it comes to her. Like, the message I agree with, it's just the person saying it. Like, I also think she should be in school. Like, I don't don't really agree with the amount of school she's skipped. And how people... Okay, that's fair. And how, like, people are justifying the amount of school she's skipped. Like, again, I don't know about the country she's from, but I know that, like, if, for example, she was Canadian her parents would have been charged by now due to the amount of school she's missed. That I can understand, and I never took that into consideration, actually. So, no, I definitely um, agree with that. But I feel like where she is, though, she's also learning a lot in her own ways, if that makes any sense. Well, she's learning a lot about climate change, and she's probably le- at this point, she's probably learning a lot about like political etiquette and politics and stuff like that. <laughs> but she is not getting a well-rounded education if she's protesting all day is what i'm saying like yeah she probably knows a lot about the things she's probably going to get it into as an adult but she mm-hmm. probably doesn't know about the things that are going to get it her into university or college to be able to act on those things she wants to participate in that i understand and i also feel like also from a perspective that she's kind of missing out on childhood yeah think yeah it. that that as well like yeah mm-hmm and to bring it back, like, an adult that should be doing this, because it, an adult, absolutely. you know, has gone to school, has lived their childhood, and should be acting on this, because it is something that needs to be acted on. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like, I, I, I agree with her message, it's just, there, there's, I have a lot of mixed emotions about Greta Thunberg. Yeah. And I know there, there's a lot of people that hate her regardless of information they're given and i know there's people who love her regardless of information they're given and Mm -hmm. i'm 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 very much on the fence for sure and you know it's just all about keeping an open mind right oh yeah absolutely i'm always open open. yeah i'm always open to new information for sure and i feel like that's kind of why you started the podcast right? (laughs) yeah well yeah we've had a couple of interesting people on the podcast yeah for sure definitely a lot of things about things I don't know about. Yeah. It's always good to learn and expand your horizons. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, uh, I don't know where to take the conversation from here. Danielle, say something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, don't do that. Don't (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, that's hilarious. Actually, um, I feel like I might have a poem somewhere in my novel that oh. I have released um, that might have to do a little something with climate change. Oh, really? 
So for the viewers okay. listening that might not know, Danielle has written a, po a book of poetry, and it is available. I'll put a link in the description down below and let her talk about it a little bit at the end of the podcast. But you have a poem about climate change. Um, or now some... I'm looking at it, I'm not too sure if it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly about climate change, but I feel like it is a good starting point. Um, if we're taking it back to my first subject there about the um, women collective art project that we're starting. Yeah. Um, this poem here that if you don't mind, I read is called surrounded by twigs and mighty trunks. And this poem I wrote is basically about myself um, growing and learning things and learning to love and, you know, all of that stuff that kind of, I feel like will tie into what we're speaking of. Oh, go, go for it. Awesome, thank you. Surrounded by twigs and mighty trunks, there's me, a growing evergreen, about five and a half feet tall. Vibrant, vibrant as ever, yet still not strong. My roots have dug in, and I am here. I am surrounded by a forest of love and loneliness, terrified of the night, but morning is grace, wanting to grow my inner rings, but not wanting to do it alone. I want the wind to blow my arms out so I can make a connection with one. But it seems every gust is a storm, and my branches are weakening. The sun is coming soon, though, and I shall stand taller within my pose. I've yet to learn how not to be afraid of the rain, but one day I will get there, though. I have not lost sight of my purpose here, and have many more branches to grow. As I grow taller, too, I know one day I will connect with you. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice. It's nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So sorry. Um. That poem just kind of inspired me. Um. With love and growing from experiences, and I feel like that can tie in to kind of what we were speaking with because it, um, you know, speaks about trees and. Yeah. 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 Moving on. Uh, <laughs> that came out a lot saltier than I meant it to be. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, kind of moving on to what we were talking about at first. So you and I have known each other our, our entire life. Like, we've probably leaned, well, yeah. Yeah, known each other before we can even like formulate memories. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, like, sometimes there's a lot you remember more than I don't remember. Because... Oh. Well... Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I used... Danielle and I used to go to a French school, or a French immersion school. French immersion, yeah. And then, in the second grade, I got moved to an English school because, for the life of me, I like, the real reason why I left is because, for the life of me, I was not catching on writing-wise in French. And okay. I was tanking, like, well, for, as much as a second grader can tank, but, like, I yeah. just, I just wasn't following along with reading or writing. Like, my, from what I understand, like, my pronunciation and, like, my speaking was fine, but mm -hmm. I could not read it, I could not write it to save my life. So, like, my mom just kind of went, well, I can't help him with homework, so just move him to the English school where I can help him. So, yeah, in second grade, I got moved to an English school. 
And then you and I ended up in the same junior high and high school after that. Yeah. I do remember, though, in elementary school, um, I think I was your girlfriend before Jillian was. I believe you were. You may have been my first girlfriend. I think you were my first boyfriend, Fred. Nice, nice. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a time um, where... In elementary school, we had to line up to get drinks from the fountain. Yes. And you, nasty person, <laughs> used to always put your lips on the fountain. See, I... And it used to, <laughs> it used to really gross me out, Fred. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, you have told me that I used to do that. I have no memory of doing that. And then on top of that, I have, like, explicit memories of when I was in the English school being grossed out by seeing people do that. That's so funny. But I explicitly remember because, you know, you were my boyfriend. So I thought, you know, if he was my boyfriend, he should let me go in line first so I could drink <laughs> from the fountain before you. So I didn't have to get the nasty fountain germs behind what, you. Was I at least a gentleman? <laughs> you were, you were. Okay. You did let me go first. Nice, nice. And that is a message that good men let women go first. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> good men let... No, I can't. Good <laughs> men let women finish first. Yeah, see? I knew that even as a four-year-old. Okay. It was just... A... <laughs> Oh, yeah, but then, uh, at least in uh, high school, your dating circle kind of changed, if you would, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, um, in between, uh, the summer of grade 9 and 10, like, going into grade 10. Okay. Um, I came out as bisexual at first. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that was interesting, for sure. Um, I came out to my mom at first. Yeah. And, um... She didn't take it at well. Did you come out to your mother before any of your friends? No, no. Oh, okay. Because I thought I, like, I remember you telling me about telling your mom. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's definitely a thing. I definitely thought about it for a long time before I actually did it. Yeah. Um, but what really encouraged me to bring myself to do it was because I had a good friend of mine and he had came out as gay and my mom approached him on her own terms and everything and she was like you know like um it was really brave of you to do that and if you ever need like an adult figure to talk to I'm here for you I support you and all of that so I was like well shit you know what I mean if she's saying that to him I I should have no problems yeah but um of course, it's always a little different when it's your own child. Yeah. So, uh, she cried a little bit and, uh, hounded me with some questions and everything. <laughs> um, and then out of anywhere, she ran to her cell phone to message my lesbian aunt's girlfriend. Okay, yeah, see, this is what I remember you telling me about. Like, th- this part of the story. Yeah, so, um, I have a gay aunt and she's in a long-term relationship with a woman from Toronto. Nice. And, um, the woman from Toronto, uh, used to work at a, I'm going to call it a youth center. Okay. And, (coughs) oh gosh, 
<coughs> just, just. That's the Lord telling you you're a sinner. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm such a sinner. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I apologize. All good. Anyways, um, so yeah, she was working at this youth youth center, and what she did basically was um, mentored and sort of counseled um, these youth that were living on the streets um, because they were kicked out of their houses uh, for being gay, basically. Right. Um, So she kind of knew how to approach the topic with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was a good thing my mom went to her because, you know, she knew how to approach that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she calmed my mom down. And when I went back and spoke to my mom for the second time, uh, my mom apologized and everything. And then she uh, offered to tell my dad for me. Oh. And I took that super quick. <laughs> yeah, you took <laughs> because, that offer? Uh, yeah, for sure. Because my dad, I find personally, is very uh, brute guy. You know, very uh, manly man, if you would. Okay. And uh, very old-fashioned as well. So I was a little scared um, how he would take it. But uh, she stopped him before he came inside and told him everything. And uh, he came back in, sat with me, and just offered to play video games. He acted (laughs) like nothing was wrong. So, you know, I Because nothing is wrong. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm still... I'm still their child. I'm still me. Yeah. You know, it's just my preference. Well, that was something I was, like, I was low-key curious about, and I just, like... So, like, in high school, like, I kind of ran with the gay crowd. Like, a more than half of the group that you and I were part of were gay, right? Like, almost... Oh, yeah, for sure. Almost completely almost besides... Followed. Yeah. <laughs> pretty well almost besides Jill and myself. Like... Basically, yeah. I, I can think of maybe one other person who might, yeah. you know, not fit the gay category. Yeah, but... <laughs> me, thinking about it, oh, like how think I'm talking about, but in the moment then in high school. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But yeah, like, I was like... That is overpopulated by the gays. <laughs> <laughs> I was always, like, nervous for you guys, because, like, I know, first of all, we went to a Catholic school. We did. Yeah. In a super small North Ontario town. Like... I was, like, always, like, nervous for you guys. I was like, are they going to get harassed? Are they going to get beaten up? Are they going to find people to date? Like, I was like, I don't know why. I worried way too much more than I should have on your behalf. Really? I didn't know that. That's kind of sweet, actually. Yeah, well, I was always like... I that you kind of had our backs, you know what I mean? Well, I was, like, in a perpetual state of, like, oh, that like, they're not going to get laid until they move out of Timmins or like, Oh, they're going to have to be in, or like, or they're going to have to be in the closet until they move out of Timmins. Or like, I was like always perpetually like worried just because of like the surroundings we were in. Cause like we yeah. were, we went to a uniform Catholic high school in a small Northern town. Like, that's true. I know that like, I knew that like you're com- like the community is there, but I know that it's small and I know that it's supporters are, oh, are even smaller. Yeah, no, for sure. But I think, I mean, considering we we had it pretty good. Um, I know our chaplain, Mr. <clears throat> Mueller, um, he um, made an effort to express his um, 
open self, not open self. Well, yeah, I'll say that. His open self and his open mind to everyone in the school. We did um, have a really good person, like our, I guess our Catholic representative or something like that. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not I, entirely sure. The chaplain. The chaplain, yeah. He, yeah, he, he was an amazing person. For sure, yes. Um, and even a lot of the teachers um, in school were definitely supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I know uh, you just kind of got to take it as it is. You know what I mean? You got to be yourself. You can't yeah. hide yourself. And if you're if you're a good person, genuinely, you know what I mean? Nothing, nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah. Well, that's... Um, I'm a strong believer. Sorry. I'm also a strong believer in karma and yeah. uh, vibrations, brainwaves, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I strongly believe what you think and what your mind is thinking is what is being sent out into the world. Oh, yeah. The law of attraction. Back to you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I understand that ideology. Like... I, I, I phase in and out of, like, believing it or not believing it. Because, like, there's been definite times where I'm, like, I see people. I'm, like, oh, you 100% brought that on yourself. Mm-hmm. And other times where I just see the exact opposite happen. It's, like, oh, you're just going to be a shitty person. Continue to be a shitty person. And the universe is going to reward you. So, yeah. like, I've, I phase in and out of that school of thought. For sure. I just... I personally just choose to want to believe it, I think, just because, um, you know, you got to have faith somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we did go to a Catholic school, but personally, I'm not following the Catholic religion. Um, You know what I mean? I'm much more of a spiritual person, and uh, that's just how I choose to point my faith and where I want to, you know, focus my hopes and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Like, I... Same, pretty well. Like, yeah... I've never not been in a Catholic school. Like I was mm-hmm. raised, I was raised Catholic, and up until like the age of like twelve or something, I went to church every Sunday. Like, yeah, like I was an altar server for a brief moment of my life. Um, uh, <laughs> like even when in high school, like it was there was only like in an entire high school, well, Catholic high school, there was only three students that were like actually trained to be an altar server. It was like me and two other guys. And, oh my gosh, that I did not know. Yeah, like out of the entire school, I don't know if we were the, no, because we went to church, so we would know who else was trained. But yeah, mm-hmm. out of the entire school body, there was only three of us that was trained to altar serve. And at the time of us graduating, all three of us were in grade 12. So I don't even know if there's any students after us who can altar serve. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll tell you the names when we're not recording, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, but speaking of... It's kind of sad, actually. Yeah. (laughs) But even, like, as of now, like, as an adult, like, I'm not very Catholic or Christian. I'm very much just, like, yeah, spiritual. I know, like, I don't like saying spiritual because I know that's a very big label. Like, it's a big umbrella label. Yeah, I feel like uh, spirituality can be very widespread. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, we've been talking now for about 40 minutes, so I think we're going to take a small break, and uh, we'll get back to you after the ad reel. Perfect. Alrighty. This episode is brought to you by Brotherhood MFG. 
Brotherhood MFG is a clothing brand centered around car culture with a fresh style. So if you know anyone into cool car-inspired clothing, go to teespring.com slash stores slash Brotherhood MFG and use discount code PASTTIME in all caps and you'll get a 13% discount off the entire store. Alright, back to the episode. Alright, and we're back. Did you enjoy your break, Hello. Danielle? <laughs> did you... I did, thank you very much. <laughs> you, said, you said you were coloring? <laughs> I was coloring. I was, uh... More so scribbling, um, yeah. but it kind of looks like a watermelon, so I'm okay with it. Nice, nice. So, a, <laughs> a conversation you. that I've been dying to talk to you about, because I think you're the first person on the podcast that we've had that I can talk extensively with about, is the Harry Potter universe. Ooh, I'm so ready. I love Harry Potter. Oh yeah, me too, me too. Have you... At the moment, I am currently, sorry, staring at two Harry Potter pop figures. Oh, Nice. I have the limited edition Harry Potter in his Quidditch outfit. Okay. And I have uh, Ron Weasley in the Yule ball gown. Oh, that, I love that fucking, the blue with the frills. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what I'm looking at right now is the Elder Wand Ooh. and uh, my Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle board game. What? Yeah, have you heard about this board game? I have not, and I am super interested. Oh, next time that we see each other, we have to play. It takes a couple hours to play, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like a guided Dungeons and Dragons game, but it's all Harry Potter themed, and there's seven campaigns, and each campaign is each book. My jaw literally just dropped. Yeah, there's. <laughs> yeah, there's only. That sounds super fun. Yeah, there's only four playable characters. You can play as either. Harry, Hermione, Ron, or Neville. Okay. And, like, it's, it's really cool, because they each have, like, different abilities and powers and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... That's, that's definitely interesting. Yeah, it's, again, it takes a while to play it. Like, if you want to get through all seven campaigns, like, you're going to be there a couple hours. Understandably, but... Nothing wrong with a little Harry Potter time. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> So, uh, do you want to talk about your, uh, your Pottermore stuff? Ooh. Do you have it memorized? Yes. Do you have your Pottermore things memorized? Mm, vaguely. Okay. So, I believe, okay, sorry, you go first. You take it away. Oh, so, for me, uh, I'm in a, I'm Ravenclaw. Mm -mm. Uh, my wand is a seven and a half inch Ashwood with phoenix feather core okay so like yeah because like i remember looking it up like i basically have the same wand as harry potter except his is like half an inch bigger like longer than mine okay neat yeah and my patronus i always forget it's one of the dogs i think it's a hound dog i, I forget it, it's it's a type of dog that's really cute yeah okay so shamefully enough i only remember my house and vaguely my wand okay but i'm a hufflepuff surprise 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 <laughs> and um i believe my wand had the only thing i remember was that it had unicorn something because i really like unicorns nice nice yeah oh and oh and slightly bendy i recall that oh i forget mine i think I think mine is, like, the super rigid, actually. Oh, neat. 
Like, like, and I think all that means is that, like, literally once I die, like, my wand just becomes a stick. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's like my wand literally only listens to me. And, yeah, and, yeah, because, like, wands have, like, personalities and stuff like that, and basically if yeah. I, if I go against my wand's personality, like, it literally just will not work for me. Well, that's pretty neat, actually. Yeah, well, not really. <laughs> Well, <laughs> kind of, I guess. It oh. depends on the scenario, I suppose. Yeah, because I think, too, I think, like, Ash would... No, I'm, I'm about to talk out of my ass. I'm not entirely sure. I remember reading it once. I think it's something, like, almost exclusively defensive spells. Or something oh, like okay. that. Yeah. Hmm. I have, I think, a very good question for you. Okay. So... You know how when you have to cast the Patronus, you have to think of the happiest memory in your life, right? Yeah. What would be your go-to memory to cast the Patronus? Oh my god. Uh, it has to be, like, literally your happiest memory. Is this just to get a Patronus or to get, like, a, a physical Patronus? You gotta get that hound dog, buddy. Like, like to get the familiar? Are you... Yeah. Oh my god. What are you thinking of? It's gonna have to be something from Europe. That's what mine is. But I'm not entirely sure, because we had a lot of good moments in Europe. We do. Do you want me to tell you mine? Go for it. Mine is um, specifically our second day in Barcelona. Okay. Our free day that we got to Rome. Oh, yes. And it is with you and Jill... And one other friend of ours on the beach of Barcelona. Oh, yeah, and I had mojitos. <laughs> yeah. And there was um, the nudist, Felix. He was down the beach a bit. Right, right. And um, I remember it was the first time I ever stepped foot in the ocean. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a freaking ocean nerd i love the ocean i did not know that about you but yeah. i think aren't i the one who took that picture of you in it too like you genuinely look happy yeah you did actually i just remember looking up and smiling because i was just so full of joy and you just yeah. snapped the picture right at that moment yeah like you're like almost actually one of the um, yeah. previewing photos on my facebook page still. yeah like you're like falling over yourself how happy you are yeah, like, like really. I, I, it's weird. I really remember that picture. That's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just that day in general. Not only on the beach. I remember. I also went to the um the sex museum that was there. I don't think I went there. No, Michaela and I went there, and um, we did the tour. It was super neat. There was a whole Marilyn Monroe section. Yeah, you were telling me about that because I think. Yeah. I think. Right outside the sex museum, there was a bunch of vendors, and I think you caught me, Jill, and Justin at one of the vendors just as you were stepping out of it. It's very possible, and I also think our meatback section was really close to that museum. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, I remember the Marilyn Monroe being on, like, the balcony, and you were like, oh, yeah, yeah. she was inside. Yeah, she was actually, uh, you could get a tour from Marilyn Monroe. Oh, nice. Yeah, we didn't take that option, unfortunately, because it was a bit more expensive, but uh, we Who? took the free tour. Okay. And um, so you just walked through it. It was super awesome. So yeah, there was her section. There was um, 
a phallic plant area. Yes, because did you were you talking about the 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 flowers, or did you actually buy some of the seeds? Because wasn't there like a penis flower, like a vagina flower? There was. Um, there were also penis shaped pe- pepper seeds. Um, bunch of stuff. Um, I didn't buy any, but I definitely snapped a bunch of pictures. Yeah. Because every now and then, like, I'll see, like, a picture of one of those flowers just, like, floating on the internet. I'm like, hey, I think, uh, I think Danielle got one of those. Or, or like, yeah, I remember holding, I've like, the... i seen one. Yeah. And I think they were outside of the museum also. I think the museum had vendors. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I think I remember looking at, like, the, the seed packet with the picture of the flower on the packet. Yeah, that's very likely. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so there was that, and also in that day, there was um, a street impersonator, okay. and I swear to God, it was Johnny Depp. I oh. know it wasn't, but it looked so much like Johnny Depp in um, Alice in Wonderland as the Mad Hatter. Oh. I got a picture with him, most tourist thing I've ever done. I have my fanny pack on and everything. Yeah, I have one picture like that while I was screwing with a mime while we were in France. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I have Kinda. one. Yeah. Fanny pack, freaking oh, yeah. casual clothes. I think oh, I was wearing my. a sweater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very touristy of us, but uh, I didn't care. I was having the time of my life. Oh, yeah. I really... Oh, you know what? Remember the flamenco night? Oh, with the people dancing? Yeah. I do. That, that was... was neat. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. I don't remember the show, but I remember going into and out of the venue. <laughs> because... I feel like it was very small, right? Yeah. kind of hit. It was. Because I remember just outside the venue, a bunch of things happened. I think Jill almost lit my pants on fire. Oh, gosh. Because some... Okay. Well, because, like, somewhere during that day before we got there, I got, like, a really fancy uh, lighter. Oh, uh, okay. To bring home. And mm-hmm. I remember Jill and I took a picture in front of a castle that was on the other side of the lake from where the venue was. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember Jill looks fancy as fuck in that picture. Like, she's, like, wearing, like, a like a light t-shirt with, like, an infinity scarf. And, like, she and like her makeup was perfect. And, like, I was I think I was, like, literally, like, wearing, like, shorts, a t-shirt, and, like, a sweater over my t-shirt. Like, I was wearing shorts with a sweater on or something. Like, I looked like I did not belong in that photo. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, wild. That seems so long ago, our trip to Europe. It does. It really does. Well, it kind of was. That must have been like six years ago at this point. Six? Seven? Seven years ago? I would assume about that long. Yeah. I mean, we graduated how long ago? And it was one year before we graduated, right? Yeah, I think we graduated six years ago. So that would have been. Yeah, we would have gone to Europe seven. That's already been seven years since we've been there. That's crazy. Yeah. We, there was a lot of shenanigans during that trip, though. Like, there was, like, minimal adult supervision for, oh, like... Heck yeah. And, like, how many of us were there? Um, I thought there were 32? 32? Yeah. And I think there was, like, what, like, four adults or something like that? Maybe more? Something like that, yeah. Two, four, five. Four, five. I think yeah. there was five. I think so, because there were a couple of parents. Oh, yeah, so then bring that to six. 
Yeah, because yeah. there was, we had, I'm not going to name names, but we had Teacher A. Yeah. Uh, teacher B and her dad. Yeah. Uh, teacher C and his wife. Yeah. And a parent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. God, yeah. And then when we came back to... I actually um, ran into said parent that came on to Europe trip with us when I was working at the hotel. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, And uh, their daughter, who um, also was on the trip, is doing well. I believe she's in modeling, actually. Yeah, uh, Jill follows her on Instagram and almost always disagrees with her makeup decisions. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well like i don't follow her but like every now and then she'll be like do you follow blah blah on on instagram I'm like no <laughs> and she's like look at her fucking face and then she'll like show me her phone i'm like i i, I don't know what you're showing me and she's like that makeup looks stupid <laughs> i was like oh okay i mean i'm not one on makeup personally i don't wear makeup but there are some uh lipstick choices that I would <laughs> consider, let's just say. <laughs> uh, I think the only time I've ever worn makeup, it had to do with a theater production. Yeah. 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 For me, it was either theater or um, my close friends trying to give me a makeover for whatever <laughs> reason. Just to experiment. Yeah, because, you know, Danielle doesn't wear makeup, so let's put makeup on her, you know? <laughs> Yeah. But it's okay, it was fun. Well, I kind of... came out really good. <laughs> I kind of, like, had similar situations in junior high. So, well, you know this, but I used to have very, very long hair. Yes, I remember that. And when my hair gets long, it gets super shaggy. So, like, I have, like, half curly hair kind of thing. Yeah. Like, my, my hair genuinely, like, grows super shaggy when it's super long. And, like... <laughs> yeah. Everyone was obsessed with straightening my hair. I remember that. Like on like everyone th- wanted to do it. Yeah, like, girls. on like three or four occasions, like people would bring their straightening irons to school, and then like, yep. m- and then like make me stay in the school during our recess period because they want to straighten my hair. And yeah, then I remember that. until one of the girls straight up burnt my forehead. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that happened. Don't yeah. remember that part, but <laughs> after that, I, I I cut it right off. Like, well, like Aww. I I like I cut off the curling my the straightening my hair. I didn't cut my hair. Oh, okay. I thought you got insecure and cut your hair off. I was like, no, Fred. But I did do a stupid transition. Like, I forget if it was in grade. It must have been like in grade eight. But I literally went from like collarbone length shaggy hair to buzz cut overnight. Yes. That uh, a lot of us <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I've you're, seen... Your big head all of a sudden. Yeah. I would. I saw, <laughs> even recently, I think Jill and I were looking through old pictures, and then, like, it, like, surprised us. I just, like, swiped, and then, like, it was just me with a buzz cut. I'm like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I've had some pretty bad hair decisions in middle school, too. Come on, now. Well, it took me a while to learn that lesson, because I think I went from shaggy hair to buzz cut, like, two or three times between grade, like, five and ten. 
gosh. Like, I did it a couple times where, like, I'd grow my hair out super long. Well, it's it's not, like, a problem for me because my hair grows super thick and super fast. Like, if I want to keep, like, my hair at, like, a professional-looking length, like, I need to get my hair yeah. cut. I need to get my hair cut, like, every two to three weeks. Like, easily. Oh, my gosh. Easily. Really? Easily. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. And that's resulted in me, like, needing, like having to find like a very trustworthy hairdresser for sure <laughs> yeah oh god i've seen i used to dye my hair black a lot too i have done that before i also like to do um i would dye like half my head like the bottom half i don't remember it, that I, that's more of a recent thing oh but uh yeah but I'd, like, dye the half of my head blonde, and then I'd put, like, blue or green in there. Okay. But I haven't done it as recently, because the last time I had my hair like that, I uh, applied for a new job at a hotel. <laughs> and they made me dye my hair, because it wasn't professional enough. What's your opinion on that, actually? Like, that's something I thought... Like, do you think your look should determine a job like based on like hair color piercings tattoos like do you no, think heck no do you think that that matters no unless you know either your piercing or whatever jewelry you're wearing is either going to injure you or someone you're working with okay th i don't see an issue in it you know what i mean like if you're working with heavy machinery and you have like a big septum hanging out of your nose yeah, maybe and, take like, it off <laughs> You know, exactly. Yeah. If it's going to, like, hurt you, you know, but or if it's someone a, around you. But if it's a desk job. If it's a desk job, do you, boo? Yeah. Who gives a crap? If you're doing your job the way you're supposed to be doing your job, excuse me, doing your job, sorry, and, uh, like, what the heck's the problem? Yeah, well, again, I... have I... over 20 tattoos. That's and... wild. I forgot, yeah. I always forget, like, just how many tattoos, because you have, like, a bunch of, like, little ones, and then you have a couple big ones, but you have, like, a lot of, like, like, I have... Yeah, and I have some hidden ones. And... Yeah, like, I have three medium-sized tattoos. Okay. And, like, I'm yeah. planning on getting two or three more. But, like, they're all, yeah, like... Um... Sorry. Oh, no, it's just that they're all, like... They're not inappropriate. They're not bad. They're they're easily hideable. Okay, yeah. Uh, mine kinda. I mean, like the most not hideable ones I have are on my wrists. Yeah. Like I have um, one. But besides that, they're pretty. Yeah, like I have one on my on my. I never know what to call this. It's the opposite side of your forearm on your arm. Okay. Like, I, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I always want to call it, like, the shin of my arm. <laughs> okay. But, like, I have a tattoo there, and then I have a tattoo on my upper forearm, and then I have a tattoo on my calf. And, like, that's it. Like, all I have to do is wear a shirt, like, a long sleeve shirt, and you wouldn't even know. No, yeah. And I can even roll up the sleeves on that shirt a little bit, and you wouldn't even know. Yeah. No, I have some, like, down right to my wrist, like, right where, um like your wrist meets your hand yeah um and i have some like on my uh, my calves as well so like i'd have to wear pants yeah do you think if it was like an inappropriate tattoo like a job would be like a place would be justified in not hiring you um that yeah 
I mean, it depends how outrageous it is, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if it's a freaking Nazi symbol or something, you know, a swastika or something. Yeah. You know, then, uh, obviously, because that's, like, you know, that ties into, like, not hate speech, but hate speech, you know what I mean? And yeah. Discrimination and all that kind of stuff. You wouldn't want that in your workplace, which I can agree with. Yeah. Uh, also, if it's, like, something outrageous, that's, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Steve-O, for example, from Jackass, <laughs> yeah. um, he used to have a tattoo on his arm, I believe, of an adult fucking a baby. Did he actually? He did, and then he got it covered up to an, a guy fucking an ostrich. <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have a tattoo like that, that's clearly visible. Yeah. You know. Maybe then... don't, yeah, maybe don't work with children. Exactly. But again, like, I mean? Steve-O's, like, line of work, like, that would almost make him more money to have outrageous tattoos like that. that that's his brand. That's That's what he's known for. Exactly. He's known for outrageous stunts like that. So it doesn't surprise me that Steve-O has something like that. But if you're just a normal Joe Blow walking down the street yeah. to apply for a job and you have somebody fucking something on your arm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think you would get hired. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, most of my tattoos are like, I have two tattoos of cats. I have like some skulls, <laughs> um, some quotes, you know, stuff like that. And nothing like bad. Yeah. Quite a few hearts on my body, um, stuff like that, favorite movies and all that. Hmm. So uh, I don't think there's anything inappropriate and uh, offensive on my skin that would prohibit me from doing any kind of work. Yeah. Except that damn hair. <laughs> yeah, that damn hair. <laughs> no, that too, though. That, like, honestly, it did annoy me, but I needed the job, so. You dyed I just your hair. Kinda... So I like, what did you did you go into the interview and they were like, "You have the job, but you need to dye your hair," or were they like, "Dye your hair and then talk to us"? Um, basically, I was already hired. Like, oh. it was my first week, I think, and then they had mentioned it to me, and they were like, "Hey, by the way, um, we would appreciate it if you did this," hmm. and I was like, "Oh, okay." But I always find, like, especially in, like, the public sector, like, if you're, if you're ever, like, going to a clinic or going to, like, um, a, a hotel or, like, anything where, like, someone meets you at the entrance. Yeah. Like, usually it's the, it's, it's the person with the crazy hair and the cool tattoos and, like, the, the face piercings that, like, are usually the most nicest and the most memorable. Honestly, that's what I like to think. I mean, obviously from what I can understand and from what I know, people with tattoos and piercings and dyed hair do that to express themselves. Yeah, well, they're on the side of expression. Exactly. And if they're already that expressive on the outside, you know, what what's stopping them from expressing themselves on the inside, too? And, yeah. you know, expressing how they want to express, being that bubbly person, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason to be hateful. Yeah. It's just all a big... Ooh, those were my cats. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> it's all good. Barry, my cat is a good boy. Well, <laughs> good. actually, like, mine and Jill's cat is weird. Like... Oh, yeah? Well, he has... 
depending on which combination of people that are home, he he behaves differently. Oh. So, like, if it's just, if I'm the only one home, all he wants to do is sleep and cuddle. That's all he wants to do. He just, oh. want, he just wants to cuddle me. He just wants to sleep. He's fine. If, yeah. if Jill is the only one that's home, he wants to play. He wants to fight. He wants to play catch. <laughs> he wants he wants he wants to run around. He wants to play. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. If Jill and I are both home, he's an yeah. asshole. He's an asshole. <laughs> Climbing up on counters, like knocking the garbage can over, like destroying things. It's it's super oh weird. My gosh. Yeah, he's super yeah. weird. I have uh, three cats and a dog here at home, and. Um... It gets pretty hectic sometimes. Yeah. My dog likes to think uh, that she's the referee. <laughs> so anytime uh, two of my cats just happen to run by because they're chasing each other or whatever, my dog will step in. She'll be like <laughs> half asleep on her bed and everything, and she will get up, chase them as far as she can, like growling and whining. And... Oh, wow. Yeah. And... Uh... I have a Siamese cat. That's my little baby. Her name's Sapphire. Ooh. Um, she's actually a rescue from New Brunswick. I brought her home. Oh, my God. With me. Yeah. And uh, she has quite the personality. Yeah. Um, Siamese cats are very vocal. Oh, um, Barry is, too. So, Barry, oh. Uh, <laughs> every time she walks into a room and you say hi little baby she'll scream back at you that's yeah. what they call she screams <laughs> Jillian had to teach Barry how to do that but Barry does that oh. and he's super he hasn't stopped since he's learned yeah I think it's cute it's their way of communicating yeah yeah and uh so yeah I have three cats sorry I have uh, Sapphire She's the youngest, and then I um I have Venus. I call her Weenie, though. <laughs> okay. Um, she is honestly the most stereotypical cat-ish cat I have ever had. Oh, okay. Like, um, you see online, like, cats only come to you for affection when they want it. Yeah, and then as soon as they that don't, you better know when they want you to stop, or they'll just tear your oh, arm apart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Except they won't tear my arm apart. I'll just get a little bite. See, Barry isn't like I've kind. I think Barry thinks he might be a dog. <laughs> well, oh. well, for one, he's a he's Maine Coon, so he's already the largest cat breed. So he's a yeah. he's a big cat. Like he's a little chunky, but like he's also like super long and super tall for a cat. Mm-hmm. And like I've I genuinely trained him like a dog. Like he he shakes a paw. He he knows when to sit, lay down. Like he's super well. Like he's trained like a dog. That's so cute. Um, my cat Sapphire, little baby, can sit for treats. Yeah. <laughs> my dad taught her to do that. Well, Barry can shake a paw, high five. Sometimes he gives kisses. Aww. Like if you go like, like he'll like come yeah. and like and like he'll give you like a face rub. Aw, that's so cute. Uh, oh, my eldest cat Fluffles. Um, she's also a Maine Coon. Okay. And uh, she gives kisses. <laughs> if you uh, go up to her and you just kind of bow your head a bit, so her, you like your forehead is level to her face. Yeah. Hello. Oh, you there? Uh, yep. Sorry, I am so sorry. I got a phone call. Oh, that is okay. That is okay. You were, you were saying fluffles. 
Yeah, sorry. So if you bow your head to her, um, she will lick your forehead and she'll just give you kisses. Oh. It's super cute. And, like, not just, like, rubbing her face against yours. Mm-mm. It's full-on tongue action. Oh, it my God. Awesome. See, the only yeah. weird cat thing... So I used to, at my mom's place, when I was still living in Timmins, we had a cat named Cookies. Mm-hmm. And he had this weird obsession that if you had wet hair... He yeah. he would try to clean you, like if you like if you got out of the shower and like sat on the couch or something like that. He would go yeah. up. He would go up on the back of the couch and just start licking the heck out of your freaking hair. Aww. <laughs> well, it got a little got a little weird and annoying by the end of it, but yeah, I could see that, but it still sounds cute. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, we're about at the end of the podcast now. Awesome. Now. In terms of your uh, poetry book, where can people find that? Oh, yes. So um, I self-published my poetry novel from uh, lulu.com. But if you just Google my name, Danielle Turgeau, on Google, and you swipe over on the top tab over to books, um, you can find the link. Um, It's called Existence. And, uh, yeah, you can purchase it there. Or if you happen to be in town with me here in Timmins, you can buy a copy of me in town, get it signed and all that fun stuff. Um, I also have an email address you can hook me up at. It's uh, DanielleTurgeonWrites at Outlook.com if you want to send me some info or some comments, questions, anything like that. Alrighty. And uh, all those links will also be down in the description below. And uh, thank you for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Fred. It was oh, honestly yeah. a blast. Oh, it was fun. It was fun. Well, it was a little heavy at first there, but... Uh, <laughs> a little bit. We got to some lighthearted stuff. Yeah, exactly. I had honestly a great time. Thank you again for having me. Oh, no problem. Alrighty. Well, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey there, before this episode starts, there's something you might have noticed. Our audio quality has increased. We have upgraded our old microphone and subbed it in for something better, so we look forward to the state of the podcast going into the future. Also, if you're interested in supporting the podcast, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes, all at Pastime Thinker. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash pastime. Shout out to Kevin, our first and only patron as of this episode. And if you know anyone who might be interested in the podcast, please share it with them. Thank you, and enjoy the episode.